has just still been just stirred about this year, about giving the church things this first month that we're, I believe we're going to need. How many of you that snowball, like they show on TV, may start real small, but as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, it picks up uh, Tom and Jerry and everybody else and brings them down the hill with them. So uh, you know where I saw snowballs from now. But anyway, I believe that we're going to accelerate this year in the things that God wants us to move in. And one of those things is faith. Now, there's something I want to do here real quickly, and we're not going to take very long to do it, but I want to take a few minutes because it's going to be part of the message. I want you just to look at somebody next to you and just take a second and tell them what faith means to you. Just tell them what faith means to you. Go ahead. Go, go ahead and, and start. You're on camera. The camera's rolling. So don't get nervous, but just tell somebody what faith means to you. And I know I'm putting you on the spot, so if you're saying, I'm not so sure yet, it's okay, but just tell somebody what faith means to you. Just take a few minutes and tell them what faith means to you. Listen to all them preachers. Hallelujah. Go ahead. How would you explain faith? Hallelujah. We got a bunch of preachers in here. Hallelujah. What faith means to you. Hallelujah. How many of you got blessed over what you just heard? How many just got blessed by what you heard? Okay, well, let's go home. You done heard a message. Hallelujah. I don't have to enhance on what they said. Hallelujah. Praise God. But that's good. Thank you for sharing. And, 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 and now you'll be prepared for what I'll ask you to do next time. But just, you know, I told you this morning that the three Hebrew children, they didn't come up with what they were going to tell the king at the moment. It was already in their heart. Faith needs to already be in your heart because we are a people of faith. And so there's something I want to share with you. One of the definitions I want to show with you is out of Genesis chapter 22. This is one of the, I believe, one of the greatest examples. And the New Testament uses it as a great example too. A great example of faith in Genesis chapter 22. He's the father of faith, so why not use him as a topic tonight, especially this story? Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation, and uh, you can hear the word here that we're getting ready to go to. It says in Genesis 22, verse 1, the New Living Translation, it says, Sometime later, after the birth of Isaac, it says, God tested, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Verse 2, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will show you. Verse 3, look at the obedience. Faith puts it all on the line. The next morning. He didn't say, I'm going to take a few days, a few weeks to fast and pray over this. The next morning, Abraham, look what it says. He got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for the fire for a burnt offering and set out to the place God had told him about. On the third day, on the third day, who's cruci- who, who rose 
on from the dead on the third day. On the third day, what's his name? Jesus. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, told he, uh, Abraham told his servants. The boy and I travel a little further. And listen to what he says here. We will. Say that with me. We will. This is going to be part of the ending here that I give you in a minute. We will worship there and then we will come right back. He knew God was, he knew God was up to something good even though it sounded like the end. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering. Look what it says. I love in the New, new in English, uh, New Living. It says, he put the wood on Isaac's shoulders. Do you see Jesus here? He put the wood on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them walked on together. The two of them walked on together. Faith is a walk with Jesus. And they walked on together, the son carrying the wood, a type of Christ, on the third day, walking up the mountain to be an offering. And then Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep or the lamb? Where's the lamb for the burnt offering? God will provide a lamb for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar, arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. His son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me. You have not withheld from me, even your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by the horns in the thicket. Wow. That's a story you never get tired of hearing. The symbolism and the type of Christ, but yet the faith of this man to take his only son. He loved God enough he was willing to what? Put it all on the line. You read this Bible. Church, listen. There's been so much teaching about how strong our faith has to be, but yet in the days of Christ, there were so many people who cried out, help thou my unbelief. One of the things I want to share with you that this Bible right here is full of faithless people that had a faith in a faithful God. They might have felt weak in their faith at times. They were weak in their faith at times. They were plumb right negative and they were plumb right going in the opposite direction. But yet they had a faithful God. And sometimes we're not up to where we need to be according to the level of faith. But even the... I, I, I want you to look at this scripture. Look at 2 Timothy 2, 13. 2 Timothy 2, 13. Let me go ahead and... Read that to you now. 2 Timothy 2.13. It's about knowing Christ. 2 Timothy 2.13. This is the English Standard Version. I love this. 2 Timothy 2.13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. You can always reconnect with God even when you feel like you're far or your relationship is broken or you've wandered away or you feel like you're weak in faith. Even when you are weak in faith, he remains faithful. Yes. 
Even when the children of Israel and those who were running out in the world felt like they, 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 they were failures and according to many aspects they were, he remained faithful. When you're having a down day, he's still faithful that day. All you have to do is reconnect to a faithful God. And Abraham was showing us that even though he was imperfect, he was willing to obey. Even though he didn't understand, he was willing to obey. And he was willing to follow God's commands. Why? Not because his faith was so big. It's because he had faith in a righteous God. He knew he had a covenant with God. And he knew that God was not going to do something that God wasn't willing to do himself. So when he sacrificed his son in a symbol, God says, now I must sacrifice my son. And I want you to look with me in Isaiah chapter 53. As we read this about Isaiah, Abraham and Isaac walking up the mountain. Now I want to read Isaiah 53 to you. Because if you will walk with Christ all through the word of God. As you hear the heart of the father. As you hear the heart of Abraham. As you hear the heart of God. From a father to a son. A son to a father. Your faith will grow in God. Your faith will grow in the characters. We read this morning the character of God. God is not a man with the character of a man to lie. He's the almighty God. And we read that even when we are faithless, he is faithful. When you feel like, well, how am I going to stand up to this? Lord, I don't know what to do. Jehoshaphat said, we don't know what to do. But Lord, our eyes are upon you. And I want to read in Isaiah chapter 53. Here. In the, in the living Bible, well, in, in the message, I'm sorry, let me read in the message. It says, who believes what we've heard and seen? And who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? You see, all you've got to do is get in the word and God start feeding your faith. Who would believe God, will, God would move through that person? Who believed that God would supply my need through that situation? Who knew, they were saying, who knew that God was going to bring salvation through Christ Jesus, born of a virgin? Who knows in a life of faith how God is going to do it? Who's God going to do it through? Where is God going to do it? But yet God is going to do it. And it says here, who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? The Bible says, be careful who, how you treat people because you may be attending angels unaware. Well, the same thing with faith. You don't know. You've been believing God for something. You've been believing God for somebody. You've been believing God for a new opportunity. Don't put something down that you think that's never worked when God may be behind it. And because you get into it, it will work. Who would ever thought God's saving power would look like this? The servant grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant of a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on, passed over, a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him, the people turned away. Who looked down on him, thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains, your pains he carried. Listen to this. Our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. Our disfigurements, you see, this will build faith. I'm going to give you 12 points for the 12 months of this year. And this is part of it right here. Our disfigurements, everything that is naturally and mentally and emotionally wrong with any of us, he carried that so that we could be made whole. And my faith has established that he was disfigured for my disfigurements so that I could be born again and raised up to be in the likeness of Jesus Christ. 
In fact, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself that God was punishing him for his own failures, but it was our sins that did it to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. He took the punishment, and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we got healed. We're all like sheep who wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing and gone our own way. And God has piled all of our sins. Everything we've done wrong on him, on him. There's an echo in the message translation. On him, on him, on him. He was beaten. He was tortured. But he didn't say a word. Like a lamb, like Isaac. A lamb taken to the slaughter like a sheep being sheared. He took it all in silence. Justice miscarried and he was let off. And did anyone truly know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own, for his own war, welfare. Beaten bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked and threw him in the grave with the rich man. Even though he never heard a soul or said one word that wasn't true. Still. Here we go with Abraham and Isaac. Still. It's what God had in mind all along. Even before man fell, God had it all in his mind all along how he was going to buy man back. My faith is in the eternal God who knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. My faith is in a God who knew that I was going to get the report, but already did a sacrifice of his son 2,000 years ago so that when I got the report in this year of 2010 or the year of 2009, he already preordained a plan of God how to get me out because he took it all for me. The plan of God was already preordained and my faith is that he knows where I am today. He'll know where I'll be next month. He knows what's coming up and he already has it all planned through Christ. He did it all preordained and preplanned sovereignly. And my faith is in a God who knows it all. My faith is in a God who has prepared all beforehand. There's nothing by accident. It says still it was God. It's what God had in mind all along to crush him with pain. The plan was that he'd give himself as an offering for sin. So that he'd see life come from it. Life, life, and more life. You and I. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. Out of that terrible travail of soul, he'll see that it's worth it. And be glad he did it. Through what he experienced, my righteous one, my servant, will make many righteous ones. As he himself carries the burdens of their sins, therefore I'll reward him extravagantly. The best of everything and highest honors. Because he looked death in the face and didn't flinch. Because he embraced the company of the lowest. And he took on his shoulders the sin of many. He took up the cause of all the black sheep. Oh, I love that. He took up the cause. Hey, he's taking your cause. What are you facing? You may feel like a black sheep. You might feel a failure. You may feel something tonight. But he is already, he took up your cause walking up Mount Calvary. He took up your cause when he humbled himself and took on the form of a seed and came in the sight of a little virgin girl and was born in a stable. He was already taking up your cause. Before the world began, he was taking up your cause on how to rescue you and I. 
And he just didn't take up your calls to save you. He's taking your calls to fear you. He's taking up your calls to deliver you. He has taken up your calls to heal you. He has taken up your calls with your children. He has taken up your calls in your marriage. He has taken up the calls in whatever war you may be in, whatever addiction, whatever attraction, whatever fatal thing, even in the area of being a black sheep. He's taking up your cause to redeem you and wash you and cleanse you. You are not out in the dark and you are not without a divine plan and appointment of God to rescue and save you. My faith is in this type of a God who loves us so much and was willing to give everything and put it all on the line. My faith is in a God. He didn't fail me then. He will not fail me the rest of my life or your life. My faith is in a God who was willing to give his son, even as Abraham was willing to give his son. Because he believed God would raise him back again out of the ashes. Now that's faith. This type of God is bigger than any formula, any dissection, any blueprint. Anything you can call, anything about building faith. God, I want you to know, church, we've put God to a formula and to a blueprint. But you cannot put God to a formula. He's just God. He's just the Almighty. Faith is that my God opened the Red Sea with just the breath of one nostril. He's my God that covered over three million with fire at night and a cloud by day. He's my God that gave his son and raised him up on the third day to raise me up so that many more, more, more will have life, 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 life. My faith is in the character of a God who said, I will not lie. My promises are true forever. Therefore, beloved, you can take that to the bank. You can take that to the hospital. You can take that to the doctor. You can take that to bed with you when you go to sleep. And wake up in the morning shouting, glory! This is a new day. And my faith is in a God that I know will take up my cause today. And I will not be left behind. I will not die. But I'm going to arise this day. And I'm going to see a God who loves me and cares for me. A God who cannot fail. He's going to open up a door I didn't even expect. And I didn't even see all this time. And it was there. Glory be to God. Our faith is in the faithfulness of God. And if we see more of how faithful our God is, I believe we will become more of a faithful people because we're called to be imitators of God as dear children. Amen? Just write these points down. Let me get to this right here. Hearing, write this down. Hearing the word initiates faith. Just write these three points down. Hearing the word initiates faith. If you're taking notes, write that down. If not, you can look it back up on the web. And you can fast forward, rewind, pause. No excuses. No excuses. Hearing the word of God initiates faith. Speaking the word of God activates faith. So many people say, how can you speak so boldly? It's because I say it. You're still thinking about it. Speaking activates it. You hear a message and you're thinking, how can you be so bold? How can you speak so confidently? It's because I speak it every day. And you wonder about it and question it every day. This year, activate it by speaking it. I am the healed of the Lord. I am a child of God. And then not only speaking the word activates faith, doing the word demonstrates faith. 
It was so, wasn't it awesome this morning? Everybody come and get these papers. Wasn't that a move of the Holy Spirit? How people came and, and picked up names of someone whose life's going to be healed and transformed and changed because somebody without a title came and God stood in the gap. God said, I look for a man or a woman to stand in the gap. And you were willing to be that man or woman. And God is going to highly honor you and bless you. And your anointing is going to increase and your goods is going to increase. And you're going to see that God's going to bless you more and more and more because you came to, to visit those who needed a visiting because when Jesus was sick, he says, why didn't you come? and visit me and so forth and so on as he said he's going to say in the last days so we saw the body of Christ becoming the body of Christ by taking a need and getting in the place to help that person doing the word of God demonstrates it I want to read out of the living Romans 10 17 says so faith comes by hearing that is hearing the message hearing the message of Christ and so how many of you know faith is activated by speaking and if you're taking notes the word speak means to agree with God if you speak it daily, you're going to agree with God daily, and God's going to take up. You need to say, God's taking up my cause. Daily. Not when you think about it, because if it's in your heart, he gives you the desires, the hope of your heart. Hope is faith. You need to be speaking every day. If you're walking in faith, you'll be speaking it every day. My child is healed. I am blessed. I do have a new job. Speaking activates faith. It's agreeing with God, and, and speaking is like cranking up the car. Unless you crank the car, the car's not going to run. Unless you speak faith, faith is not going to run. You've got to crank it up and you've got to speak it. Amen? Walking with Jesus activates and increases faith. Meditating and speaking it to yourself. Like I shared with you this morning, some of the best messages are the ones you yourself are going to preach. I want to encourage you with these things. I want to encourage you about you need to learn to study you learn, need to learn to preach, and you need to learn to teach. And if it's just an audience of one, believe it or not, it's not just an audience of one. You are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses up in heaven. The Father is just clapping at you for speaking his word. Jesus is shouting. They're speaking my word. The apostles are shouting. They're talking about what we wrote through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says now they're finally opening the door for me to come in and activate something in their life. So listen, you just learn to preach. You study. You preach and you teach to yourself. And like I told you this morning, before you know it, you're going to be picking yourself up an offering because it's going to be so good. Because the anointing of God's going to come upon you. Because you know where you are. You know what you need. You know how you feel. And when you start preaching and you start teaching and you start studying in the areas that you need help in, there's going to be anointing that's going to come upon you to teach you. It's not going to teach you as a regular man, but it's going to teach you as the Father's going to sit with you in this Holy Spirit as your personal teacher. And it's going to inspire you into a living word that's going to prompt something on the inside of you and when you speak it you're coming in agreement with the teacher with the master with the changer with the anointer you're coming in agreement with the power of God and his word and the same inspiration that came upon those of old who wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit will be the same unction that's going to come upon you and you're going to start writing things with your tongue because the word of God says you have anointed my tongue to be the pen of a ready writer and when the anointing and the unction of God comes upon you you're going to start writing and speaking things you're going to activate you're going to crank up you're going to motivate and all, you're going to motivate not only heaven you're going to motivate the spirit of God on the inside of you and you're going to be cranked up and you're going to be revved up and you're going to sound like what is that you got a charger what is that a char hmm? ah oh, man when they crank that charger man you don't want to park by them man those mufflers and then he rigged it even more we won't tell the police but he rigged it even more and uh, oh that sound of a car with pipes Oh, sucky, 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 Makes you want to go home and drill holes in your muffler. 
But anyway, getting back to the word, you got to crank it up. 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 I know sometimes the music's too loud, but when it gets too low, you got to tell them, you got to crank it up. You can't hear all the tweeters if you keep it down. You can't hear the bass busting you in the chest. I'll, when we have some woofers, I want to feel it hitting me in the chest. I, when I'm at my house, I got my surround sound on. I want to hear it. I want to enjoy it. I want to feel it. Ain't going to have no Mickey Mouse speakers on my TV. I want to feel it. I want to hit me in the face. I want it blowing my hair. When my mother-in-law lived next to us in the trailer, she thought a tornado was coming through. No, it was Mama's surround sound. Sometimes you got to crank it up. Sometimes you just got to get a little loud and start preaching to yourself and look in the mirror and get the Bible and get whatever the Lord's been speaking to you. Sometimes you got to walk around in your bedroom. Sometimes while you're driving down the road, it don't matter what anybody looked like. Enoch didn't care and God took him. You just got to go ahead and just sometimes preach to yourself. Sometimes you just got to glorify God. Sometimes you got to get excited and let the fire that's on the inside of your bones come alive. You got to sometimes be like Jeremiah. I tried to be quiet and I said I'll never speak another word. But then he said, oh, it's like fire in my bones. I can't keep my mouth shut it's inside of me it, it's got to come out and you got to rise up and you got to do the say of the lord and you got to speak the word and the promises of god over your life and your family you got to rise and stir up the gift of faith on the inside of you by agreeing and walking with god and pleasing god and becoming part of that story can i hear an amen in here tonight church can i hear an amen tonight can i hear an amen tonight i know i'm your pastor but you also are your preacher and teacher that's why I told you, share about faith. And maybe you only had two seconds. First time I preached, it was 13 minutes with an interpreter. And now I can go three or four hours without an interpreter. Faith activates it. Now let me give you 12 things for this month, and it won't take too long. Let me give you 12 things, and if you can't write it all, you can get back on the CD on the internet. We have 12 months. How many know we still have 12 months to a year? That hasn't changed yet. So let me give you 12 things that you need to put in your heart and you need to meditate. And you, you say, I don't know what to preach to myself. Well, I'm going to give you 12 sermon topics for you to build. I'm not doing a series on this. You're going to do your own series on these 12 topics. You're going to look them up. You're going to study. You're going to investigate. And you're going to build these 12 messages for this year for your sermons and your preaching. How about that, church? How about that, church? Okay, a few is excited about this. Okay, okay. Number one, write this down, and this is what we learned today, and I'm going to give you these things. I am fully forgiven and free from all shame and condemnation. You may say, that is so simple. What is that? Ha, oh, that's life. If you can't get over shame and condemnation, you're not going to have faith to, uh, faith to be healed or to be whole. Number one, I am fully forgiven, fully forgiven and free from all shame and condemnation. I'm fully forgiven and free from all shame and condemnation. The three Hebrew children didn't even have the smell of smoke. You don't even have the smell of shame. Glory be to God. The blood cleanses from all sin. Number two. I will act in audacious, audacious faith to change the world in my generation. I'm going to act with audacious faith. I'm going to believe God for a higher, genera uh, higher level of faith. Not just for me, for this generation. So I'm going to act with tenacious, audacious uh, Audacious, audition, activation, faith. I'm, 
I'm going to act with a strong faith. I'm going to motivate. I'm going to be like Jacob. I'm going to grab a hold and say, I'm not letting go till you bless me. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be free. You're going to act with audacious faith. I'll bind you, devil, in the name of you, whatever you have to do. Number three, I have no fear or anxiety. I trust in the Lord with all of my heart. I have no fear or anxiety. And you say, these sound so simple. I've heard them all of my life. Okay, you preach it. You build it up. You get your examples. You put your examples in there. But I tell you, as you go through this year, this is going to be so important. Number three, I have no fear or anxiety. I trust in the Lord with all of my heart. Number four, I am, I am able to fulfill the calling that God has placed upon my life. I am able to fulfill the calling that God has placed upon my life. Write these down, build them up, and preach them to yourself. If your mate wants to hear you, preach it to them and then let them preach it to you. Preach it to your children. But you need to write these down and build them up. I am able to fulfill the calling that God has placed upon my life. I got good news for you. Nobody here is disqualified, not even the black sheep. You're not disqualified. Glory to God. Amen. From one black sheep to another, we're not disqualified, brother. Hallelujah. Our bag got crooked, but he's, he's fixing that. There you go. <laughs> Number five, write this down. I am fully funded. No more poor mouthing. I am fully funded to do everything God has called me to do. I am fully funded to do everything God has called me to do. I am fully funded to do everything God has called me to do. Number six, I have no insecurity. Write this down, number six. I have no insecurity because I see myself as God sees me. These are so simple, but these are life-changing, year-changing. How many want a different year this year? That's why I keep seeking God about, well, can God give us things to build this year upon? I, am, I have no insecurity because I see myself as God sees me. It's number six. I see myself as God sees me. I won't preach these. These are for you to preach. Number seven. Now, I know some of you are going to think something when I say this, but just listen carefully. Write this down. I am a faithful spouse and a godly parent, and my family is blessed. I am a faithful spouse A godly parent and our family is blessed. Now for all the single ladies who don't have a ring on it yet. All the single people here, you're not married yet. And you go, well, how can I confess that? You need to write this down. Future spouse. Future spouse. I am a faithful future spouse. A godly parent. And my family is blessed. Because you never know. You may be getting married this year. So if you start preaching to yourself, I'm a faithful future spouse, then he may go ahead and put a ring on it. Number eight. I am completely and wholly, I am completely whole. Physically, mentally, and emotionally. Write that down. I'm completely whole. When he sets you free, you're free indeed. So write this down. I'm completely whole. Physically, mentally, and emotionally. And you 
get these scriptures behind these points. You study them, you preach them, you confess them, you praise God for them, and you walk in them in Jesus' name. I am completely whole physically, mentally, and emotionally. How many agree with that? That's you. Amen. Okay, number nine. I am increasing. I am increasing in the influence and the favor for the kingdom of God. Not for myself, but for the kingdom of God. That's an important. A lot of studies are making you grow in the area of influence for yourself. No, I am increasing an in influence and favor for the kingdom of God, for his kingdom. Number 10. I am enabled to walk in the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ. I'm anointed. I'm enabled. You put in there in parentheses, I have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I, have, I walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I'm enabled to walk in the fruit and the love of the Holy Spirit. Number 11. How many know we've gone through this quickly, haven't we? Number 11. I have the wisdom of the Lord concerning every decision that I make. Oh, church, you have to get into... And it's number 11. Don't wait to November to get into that scripture. Get into, the, get into it now. I have the wisdom of God in every decision I make. A lot of times, it's not a faithful God that's failing. It's in a weak area of wisdom and understanding and, and not having the wisdom of God. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your path. So I have the wisdom of the Lord concerning every decision I make. And number 12, I am protected from all harm and evil in the name of Jesus. I am protected this year from all harm and all evil in the name of Jesus. All because a lamb was a sacrifice for me in all of these areas. And I've accepted that sacrifice. My faith is in this. Amen? Boy, these are 12 good points. They may seem simple, but it's life. And listen, you need to shout them. You need to preach them. And this year, don't, 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 get, don't, don't start this year telling God how big your mountains are, but you start telling your mountains, like they say, how big your God is. Talk about how big God is. Everywhere you go, every opportunity you have, especially to yourself, know my God's bigger than that. My God is bigger than diabetes. My God is bigger than migraines. My God is bigger than the report of the doctor. My God is bigger than the economy. My God is bigger than this. My God is bigger than that. My God is the almighty, the I am, the great I am. I am in the palm of his hands, and he will not let me go. I will not fear, for God is with me. 366 times he says, fear not, my child, for I am with you. So, Father, if you made it a point that many times to enhance and build it on the inside of my heart that you are with me and that you will never leave me or forsake me, and you are God that is faithful forever and through all eternity and you said 366 times fear not for I am with you then Lord I just going to get up this morning I'm going to praise you that you're with me you're with me on the highway you're with me in these elevators that say four person capacity and they're 16 I'm going to praise you that you're on this elevator with the angels with me right now these people talking on cell phones I thank you God that you're with me in Jesus name I thank you Lord God that no evil harm are going to come nigh me or my home this year in Jesus' name. And as you speak these things, the word will be demonstrated and you will be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Do you believe that? Go ahead and stand up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many is going to go home and do this homework? Not necessarily tonight, but you're going to do it. How, how many are not going to do anything with any of these 12 points? Anybody? 
So that means everybody, and on the internet, this includes you, God sees you. I know you're playing games on Facebook and you're not watching church, but... <sighs> I don't know why you need more farm animals instead of more of this. Oh, Lord, God help you. Grow up! Get off the farm animals, animals and mafia junk and all that other baloney and get in the Word of God and grow! Amen! Grow up! Grow up! Be in church! They didn't hear me. But anyway, maybe somebody will. But it's the truth. This was good. I needed this. It will not return void. That's right, brother. Let's practice it, church. Let's be the church. Let's stir, let's stir the word. You speak it. Speak it. You know you cra have crazy and talk to yourself anyway. <laughs> oh, no. I see you, Walmart. <laughs> so why not talk the word? Talk the word. What you say? Jesus is Lord. What'd you say? I'm healed. You're talking and they go, yeah, I know. Aren't the prices going higher? No, I didn't say that. I said, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Okay. Preach to yourself. I'm not a depressed, weak, addicted, failed human being, but I'm a victorious, born-again son and daughter of the most high living God. God has a plan for me. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he is the healer of my soul, my mind, and my body. Now, let's just, right here, let's just welcome the word of God to be activated in our life, in our heart, renew our minds. The message of the gospel increases faith. So, Lord, we just receive your word tonight. We thank you for waking the church up at this hour, the beginning of this year. May we awake to the beauty and the glory of your holiness and glory, your spirit. Thank you for an unction, a moving, a stirring of your spirit on the inside of us that brings life. Lord, I bless each and every one here, and I thank you for the gift of utterance. I thank you, Lord God, that you've anointed their ears to hear and they will not turn away. They will speak. Speak what you speak in their ear. Thank you, Father, for speaking to our ear that we may speak with our mouth and come in agreement with you, Father, as Abraham did. That it will bring victory and it will open doors into greater things we ever hoped for or even imagined. Anoint our ears and our eyes to hear and to see the invisible realm of faith. We bless you and we thank you, Father, in Jesus' holy name. I want to encourage you. Spend, when you spend time with God, anoint your tongue, anoint your lips, anoint your ears. Just thank God that you are open to hear and receive and see according to the Spirit. And that the anointing, the presence of God is upon you. And remember, it's the anointing that destroys and pulverizes the yoke. So receive that anointing in your prayer life, in your study time. Receive that anointing. And may yokes be destroyed even this night. 
May burdens be lifted even this night by the power that's in the glorious name of Jesus. And we give you praise. And everyone says, there's a lamb that took our place. He paid the price so that you can be totally free. So you leave here tonight determined, I will accomplish the purpose that God had in sending his son. I'm walking out of this place free, clear, clean, renewed in the spirit of Christ Jesus. And I'm never going to be the same again. We're never going to be the same again, my sis. We're never going to be the same again because the perfect work of Calvary. Not of your works, the work of the Holy Spirit. You receive that? Hallelujah. Come on, 2010. We're loaded and we're ready. Amen. Well, we love you. We bless you. We're going to be here to pray with you if you have any needs. I did have something special I was going to do and be ministering, but we're going to have a miracle night real soon. Next week, Brother Jake's dad's going to be ministering. And if you never heard, he's an awesome man of God, and he's going to be here ministering. So we're going to have a good time. He's wild and crazy. So we're going to have a good time. But I want to encourage you, don't forget Tuesday night intercession. Wednesday night, man, the book of Romans is awesome. It is so awesome and so deep. I want to encourage you to be here for that study. Receive the word that the Holy Spirit's teaching out of his word that he authored. And be blessed. Bless one another. Hug a neck. Tell somebody that you love them. If you need any prayer at all, we'll be here to do that. We love you. God bless you. Amen and amen.